With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. truth is out there and here who knows but either way we are opening up the bloom files here on post show recaps and x files first watch slash rewatch podcast this week we go deep quite literally we go into the abyss to talk about a very spooky couple of episodes as we begin to round the bend on season three season three episode 15 piper maru season three episode 16 apocrypha as I introduce my co-host, Angela Bloom. Angela, let me look in your eyes. No! What color are they? Black oil. Oh my goodness. No, they're a lovely hazel. Looks Thank you. Like someone spilled a jar of Nutella on your face. Perfect. Great description. <laughs> I think I really painted a picture for the audience. You sure did. Yes. Hi. Hello. So yeah, we've got another two-parter here. We had a bit of a break where we did a doubleheader last week, but uh, you know that was a bit of the... Uh, yeah, there are one-offs. Yeah, the one-offs, the Darren Morgan sort of monster of the week stuff. But we continue with the creepiness that Darren Morgan likes to do. Yeah. But compiled with, I would say, tying into the mythology stuff, though, kind of not. It is, but you don't know it is yet. So this is the beginning of more mythology. Mm-hmm. So Black Oil Mormon is... Mormonthology. Mormonthology, no. The Black Oil stuff is going to be like... You're going to see it again and again uh, and again. Is that the big reveal yeah. that the black oil was actually like Joseph Smith and that's what led to the Mormons being founded? It was not, but very creative. Uh, listen, X-Files, give, give me a call. <laughs> no. <laughs> Decades after the fact. Well, I think it's an interesting follow-up from the whole Nisei 731 stuff. And I do believe, mm-hmm. I think the writer of 731 wrote at least Piper Maru. I do find it interesting that... I wouldn't say we kind of leave that behind, but that does leave like a very big question mark in the series that doesn't necessarily get followed up on here. Instead, we're focusing on something that is it's certainly new. a game changer, yeah. but it's newer to the series. It's newer to the series. So this is like, they'll refer to it as the black oil. They refer to it as the alien virus. Huh. So they do a few times, but yeah, but though it, I don't know. I don't, it wouldn't really consider it a virus. From my perspective. No, not in the scientific perspective, yeah, but they'll the, refer to it as that. Because I think when I was reading up beforehand on this, I was like, oh, alien virus. Okay, so people get sick. And it's more so like, I would compare it to, and this is my own uh, nerdy side of the brain here, like the the symbiote or symbiote or whatever well, they call yes, it. Well, yes, so the black whale itself, yes, but what it does to everyone else. Like, it makes it gives them, like, the radiation poisoning. So that's, oh, I guess, like, I guess in that an case, illness, yeah. quote-unquote. Um, but yeah. yeah. It's, it's like the different capacities, like the whole... Uh, the whole like transmission part exists in the black oil, but the yeah. actual symptoms exist in the people. Also, this arc of episodes was one was a few that we were not going to cover because I hate 
this stuff. <laughs> I was like, I, it was, I don't know if you recall in the beginning of when we started talking about the X-Files, me talking about, um, a lot of stuff that happens on a submarine with Alex yeah. Krychek, and I just like hate Alex Krychek. Well, listen, there's gonna he's gonna have a fitting ending at the end of these two episodes. I just like always am just like, and also I'm not a big fan of like undersea voyages. So yeah, under the sea we go once more. Well, that's a perfect way to segue into our initial talk about Piper Maru here because literally my first note is <laughs> not another boat. Yes, another boat, and it's so funny because during the research for this, um, apparently. One of the visual images that Chris Carter had wanted to include in the script from the beginning of the X-Files was a deep sea diver finding a still living pilot trapped in the wreckage of a World War II era fighter plane. Like what? Incredibly specific. Very specific. Making his dreams. And then he also wanted to have a black and white uh, flashback scene on the submarine with Michael Bublé. With Michael Bublé, Specifically, yes. I want this future pop star <laughs> yes. to be in it. Oh, my God, there's so much stuff. So many musical references that we're going to get into here as yeah. we go under the sea. Yeah, I'll admit, uh, I don't think we needed another boat here. No, but this is very much so. There's a type of person out there. My dad is one of these people. Mm-hmm. Loves a World War II era film. Yeah, this, Loves this is a black really and white military vibe. Loves a submarine story. Like, that's, I think, a niche that me and you are just not interested in. Mm-hmm. But you can tell that Chris Carter's into it. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Because we are out on the sea once more. We are. And this, uh, this time it's a group of the French that are getting in on it. They're oui, going oui. on some sort of deep sea diving expedition. The guy that they send in is uh, Gautier. Gautier. Uh, but you didn't have to find that alien. Make out like it never happened and that everything's it's fine, even though same. I'm the black oils inside of me. It's not spelled that way, you silly goose. But he's going to have a role to play. We were like, oh, Gautier, that's fun that they're saying his name. I didn't realize that like he would actually become almost patient zero for this. Right. So he is the guy who goes down in his deep sea diving and finds a World War II fighter jet. And there's a man inside the cockpit with black oil in his eyes, uh, except then now Gautier has it in his eyes. I am surprised that in terms of transmission that it could went- go through a plane and then also his deep sea diving and also water. Well, that's a good point in terms <laughs> of uh, the substance of it. I'm surprised that when this substance ends up leaving someone's body, that it like leaves them unconscious. Like I just thought it flat out kill someone. No, I think it depends on your like, like how long it's in you or whatever, but. I guess we're supposed to assume that there's somebody who has been in this fighter plane for, what, 50 years? Yeah, which is interesting, because you would imagine that, obviously, the, the symbiote doesn't need to feed on anything, but, like, the human body surely would, right? Maybe it kept him in some sort of stasis? Yeah, maybe, like, froze him Steve Rogers style until he gets awoken just now. Yeah, very strange, but um, either way, gross. Well, Gautier, uh, the, the symbiote has made its way to the surface as, like, it's a long portion of time, right? Like, he gets hauled yeah. in there in the afternoon, and they're like, uh-oh, we lost contact with Gautier. He's not giving us those those uh, slam and tunes. Well, I think he went really far down. Yeah, but then, like, it's nighttime yeah. when they haul him back up. Well, yeah, you also, when you go deep-sea diving, you have to come up in phases. Otherwise, you get uh, the bends, and you die. What do you mean in phases? So, ha- have you ever... So, if you go super far into the ocean, uh-huh. deep, deep Never down... Have never will the pressure you have to go down pressure. you have to go down very slowly 
and then you have to come back up. Oh, I thought now you have to do, you have to like go up a little bit, wait, etc. Yes, exactly. So I think it's a process. And that's a phase. And then you go back down and go back up No, no, no. You have to go up in like segments. Otherwise you will get the bends, which means uh, your blood will get, um, I believe, oxygen in it or something yeah, and you'll die yeah exactly but i don't know in this case uh ever seen the abyss i have not it's a great movie one of the rare james cameron ones again i'm not an ocean person so if it's like oh let's go well, but it's ocean. about aliens all right maybe we'll add it to the list yeah <laughs> now that we're on the, the x-files trail maybe. speaking of the x-files let's go back to, to someone we're more familiar with two people in fact scully and skinner and this is going to be an interesting trail to follow yeah, this while, is like the b plot yeah because while i would say that Almost Again, this, this doesn't really follow up on the whole Nisei 731 stuff. It does follow up on stuff from the beginning of season three. Yeah, which with, was uh, the unsolved yeah. mystery of Melissa Scully's murder. Yeah. And if you recall in the in that episode, Melissa Scully is murdered by Crycheck and an unnamed man. Luis Cardinal. Right. But we don't know that at the Luis time. Luis Cardinal. Oh, my God. Die. I'm so musical today. <laughs> you are very musical today. Um, but... Yeah, so I guess, like, we don't know who they are, but we know that they were working for the Cigarette Smoky Man, and they don't kill Scully. Uh, they accidentally kill Melissa. Um, and the Cigarette Smoky Man is, like, out on his own from the syndicate. So. Yeah, so Skinner is doing his Skinner thing, right, of being like, uh, bad news, uh, we can't investigate this anymore. Yeah. Uh, and Scully, Jillian Anderson, I think, has some really great performances in these yeah, two episodes. Yeah, she's very in it to win it. I will say, though, that... Th- this is so Skinner, though. He just is trying to do right by Scully and like find out who killed her sister. Yeah, because he says like I'll do the, I'll do the investigation myself if need be. Yeah, well, they closed it because there was no leads. Like right. they're not going to investigate but, and then, a but murder. That... Saying there's no leads because they don't want to investigate it. Right. Yes, but so Skinner's not quite there yet. <laughs> yeah, Scully goes into this very impassioned monologue, right? Of like, how is it that as the FBI yeah. were able to track down like. The Not last wrong. thing a serial killer had for breakfast. But uh, we can't find somebody who we have their murder weapon and and we know where they were and exactly. we can't find them. But like you said, this is sort of like the B plot of this arc because Mulder's going to bring us into the A plot uh, with basically saying like, oh, I have info on this ship. Mm-hmm. And I think what he basically implies is uh, our old friend, the tilapia, mm-hmm. is back and that that was the same space that that ship had been doing some work in. Yeah, and so if we recall our old friend, the tilapia, which is also known as the... Now I don't remember. Me neither. All I can think is <laughs> Either tilapia. way, it's another ship that they that Mulder reminds us uh, believed to have salvaged a UFO. Yeah. Um, and it's the, the same coordinates where the Piper Maru is, is where that sh- ship was finding UFOs. Um and then when the Piper Maru came to port, in eight, I guess this is where um, most of the crew had radiation burns. Right, which is it seemed like a little different from when we've experienced this. Like even in the pilot, right, we had mm-hmm. like these second degree burns. This these seem different than much these more intense burns. Yeah, yeah, we really get to see the makeup. Well, because I think one. previously they were targeted, whereas like I think if anybody's just around anybody mm-hmm. that has the black oil, like you get sick, maybe. Interesting. Uh, I don't. I don't think so though, because then Crycheck is around Mulder for a long time and he doesn't get sick. So I guess yeah. you have to be like, it has to. Maybe if like the black oil attacks. You? I think it has to attack you, but that's just very odd. Yeah, I, we should also speak about the namesake ship of the Piper Maru, right? Yes. Because there's some behind the scenes christening of this ship. Yeah. So the Piper Maru is named after Jillian Anderson's daughter, who was born. Right. I think it's her first name and her middle name. 
Oh, I, I don't know. I know Piper was her first name. Right. So I'm assuming, well, I don't know. Otherwise, it'd be like Piper Anderson, right? I guess. Yeah. <laughs> I guess it's her and first name. Like, then then it would really be out in the I open. just thought the Maru was like something they added yeah, on. <laughs> I will admit with these two episodes, I don't really love the two names behind it. I felt like they could have been more directly connected. But now I see this. I'm like, OK, there's there's yeah. some there's some emotion. Behind and Apocrypha this. is like. Who cares? Yeah, exactly. And the Piper Maru does serve like the it's a ship, yeah, the, the bigger mystery. I think I think Apocrypha is more so like uh, the it's a little existential harrowing <laughs> title for yeah. the second one. But they're off to San Diego. They're gonna check things out. I do like Scully has a nice little quip here though that we took notice of. Right, basically uh-huh. saying like, oh, if they dropped you in the middle of the desert and they told you that the truth was out there, you'd ask for a shovel. Yeah, she's like very much so. She knows Mulder at this point. She clocks him whenever she gets the chance about like how he's just such a like UFO believer. Yeah. So they're off to San Diego here. Uh, we had a rare moment here, right? You've done pretty well with like being reserved <laughs> in certain moments, but here's the rare moment where you actually filled in basically the quote that Scully was going to say. As she was saying it. She said, I'm a medical doctor. <laughs> she walks into the building and I was like, I'm a medical doctor, as she was saying it. <laughs> so was that just, you remember it, or is it because like that's something she commonly says? I think a little bit of both. I do, I, I think it was like, she says it all the time, mm-hmm. but also I remembered that she was going to say it. That's like it. one of her catchphrases. No, it very doctor. much is. <laughs> like, especially if they go into a hospital when there's some sort of like crisis happening, mm-hmm. she'll just walk up to a patient and say, I'm a medical doctor. I'm surprised she doesn't say it in Apocrypha when she walks up to Skinner, but I guess right. she had already been there, so they knew who she was. <laughs> oh, we get it. You're a medical doctor. Go on. <laughs> In. Go on in. So they find out that basically all these guys are sidelined with big bad radiation yes. burns, except for Gautier. And then mm-hmm. we go to quote unquote Gautier, since he's again, this is him possessed. We go to his house. You had a mm-hmm. lot to say about his decor. Yeah, it was very much so like a fisherman like decor. He had like a old timey diving suit yeah, head. He had, he had, he had like fish in netting, fish in a like fish in a bottle, ship in a bottle. Yeah, I, do, I do feel for his wife in many ways because she's about to yes. undergo her own sort of trauma later on. But like, hopefully, she at least enjoys the water a little bit as well, or else he maybe steamrolled her with these decor decisions. Yeah, it's not good, not good. But then I guess from there they they don't find him, so they go to the ship. No, so yeah, they go to where the, uh, I think the, at this point, I don't know if it's the ship or if it's just where the, no, they the, go stuff, to the, ship. the stuff from the ship was contained. I think it's aboard the ship. Oh, okay. So it's aboard the ship. They go, they go to the, to check out the, the diving suit. Which is Mulder covered has a, in they oil. have a nice little creepy Mulder moment where Scully, like, recognizes the plane because they, oh, yeah. they have tape from the diving suit and, and Mulder's like, I'm very turned on right now. Yeah, because she recognizes it as a P-51 Mustang, which is like a known fighter jet in World War II. Right, which will come into much more uh, yes. prominence later on. But meanwhile, they're sort of like two steps behind the trail right now right. as is going to come home to his poor wife. Yeah. And while you think initially that she's joining the throng we'll find out later that it's more so like this symbiote jumped from him to her yeah jumped from him to her and she and he is left like laid on the ground covered in again the black oil yeah exactly but while Mulder goes to check out Gautier's place Scully is going to go chase down her own military lead and she drives on a base and this is when we are introduced to Johansson yes um, Johansson somebody that so she is a military brat. They lived on base a lot when she was younger, and I guess they lived on this base. 
And so, because her dad was in the military, and so they knew him. Right, exactly. She's she's a friend of a friend, or a friend, family friend, I should he, say. Yeah, to an extent. I mean, he pretends, like, not to know her at first. Right, and, and that's their first conversation, right? Scully says, oh, mm-hmm. do you remember this? And he basically says, nope, I'm so sorry. You know, me. I'm, I'm old. Me and my ears with my bald head and my mustache. I just don't remember things the way they used to be. And she's like, ah, oh, damn it. All right, let me drive away and ruminate on my sister some more. Yeah, and then she's sort of detained at the gate because he admits that he actually does he had been sent out there yeah. to find um that sunken ship yeah so uh we're we're going to talk about that in a little bit with the flashback but he has some you know some very meaningful lines mm-hmm. that are going to reflect specifically in the second part right where he basically feels like the he says we bury our dead alive because he feels like our conscience, our inner monologue, yeah. if you will, even though I guess apparently some people don't have that, uh, is the dead. Like, Do you have of, that? Of course I have that. I don't know anybody who doesn't have that. I don't know, but some people don't. They don't have like an inner monologue. They don't think yeah. things like Well, in that, that case, then I guess the dead aren't talking to them, because this is, this is sort of that guy's opinion, right? Yeah. Like, our conscience is actually the voices of the dead, quote, trying to save us from our own damnation. All grim, right. Grim thinking. Well, his, he had a tough, uh, tough life. <laughs> well, yeah, especially even just outside of what he undergoes. I can yes. imagine being in the military. Well, and he did. you he, see a lot of death. He tells Scully as she's leaving that he can't tell her hi to his son, who was like a classmate of Scully's because his son died in um, Desert Storm. So, right. you know. But meanwhile, Mulder went to Gote's place and got like the name of, I think, like a shipping yard. Yeah, it's like a shipping broker. So basically, when Gote was back in his house, he was like tearing it apart, searching for something. Right. And I guess when Mulder arrives, he finds him on the ground, but he also finds like a crumpled up piece of paper. So he assumes that that's what he was looking for, which, in my opinion, is a bit of a leap. (laughs) If I was like searching something and I was like, oh, this one paper's crumpled up. It must be what he was looking for. I do think that, uh, you know, of the two, who's going to be more likely to make, like, an illogical leap off of a crumpled yeah. piece of paper? It's absolutely Mulder, right? Yeah, so he picks it up and he's like, yeah, this has got to be it. I mean, it ends up being sort of the correct thing because he ends up going to the shipping yard. He is Where he met- finds Geraldine. Yeah, he is met by, uh, I would say, the, like, very recalcitrant uh, Geraldine with a J, who is definitely not, like, the secretary, but Mulder thinks that she is. But yeah. she's really, like, she has a gun under the table she is ready to shoot him in a moment's notice should that conversation turn exactly so i guess you know they're they're trying to find this plane and this is so he's gonna stalk her yeah essentially he's gonna uh, after he gets turned away from her he's gonna hide out in his car and watch her sort of like drive off and he's gonna follow her to hong kong <laughs> Mulder's travel in this couple episodes are wild yeah we're, we'll talk eventually about sort of like his transportation maybe wormhole skills yeah. that he's opening yeah. up here <laughs> just casually go to hong kong i guess this was pre-9-11 right or is this post-9-11 no this is pre-9-11 this pre-9-11 it's like 97 maybe so i think that you could just like hop on a jet to hong kong a little bit easier than you might have been able to <laughs> yeah, it's just randomly amusing though like a host Scully, not now. I've got to go to Hong Kong. I know. I would hate him if I worked with him. Yeah, I mean, this is another <laughs> classic thing, though, right? Where, like, the first episode, this second half really splits up Mulder and Scully yes. for them to come back together yeah. later on. Well, yeah, divide and conquer. But basically, she he finds out that she's just a middleman. Like, Yeah, she'll find that. We'll yeah. talk about that later on. Meanwhile, 
Skinner's just going to this diner. Uh, looks I like mean Skinner. The, the, I mean, again, if we're talking decor, can we talk about the lighting? I think this, this was diner? like a. So later in the episode in Apocrypha, they say it's a coffee shop. I, either way, I don't know how I feel like. I feel like it's like a city, like pub type vibe. I mean, I feel like bare light bulbs might work now. I don't think they work then, where these were like big, bulbous sort it's of like. It's the city. It's their like. It's their watering hole. It's very grungy, very cool. I guess so. I would just feel like I would want to like. I, I don't know. I guess this this is where several shady looking individuals yeah. meet, right? Because this is when, uh, this is when he's going to be approached, Skinner. That is by several people, including I guess one of these uh these assassins. And he's basically going to be like a, hey, GTFO off of uh, Melissa no, Scully's case. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Prior to the guy shooting. Yeah, prior, yeah, yeah, prior yeah. to the actual shooting. Yeah. I, guess, I guess, yeah, there's some weird timey-wiminess here, right? We're like, we see two of these scenes here. I don't know if he comes back a different night and gets shot. Is this happening in so the I same night? So I think he night? comes during the day, and then he also comes at night. Man, he's got to change up his, his eateries. No. No? <laughs> <laughs> so let's let's go... To the past. We're going to skip an episode, actually, in this season that focuses on Skinner. And there's some sort of, like, um, he's, like, falsely accused of something or whatever. But you get, oh. like, a pretty deep dive into his personal life, and it's sad. Oh, okay. Well, I'm glad we <laughs> skipped that, then, because I want my surface level uh, It's just, like, he takes. lives, like, a very lonely bachelor lifestyle. Yeah, I think that makes sense. He doesn't have a scully. Well, let's go back to the past here. Yeah, let's take a trip to the Zeus Fiber. Yeah, so we go back in time and under the sea as we check out uh, a submarine here. We find out right. Johansson's story, right? He basically says that, like... Uh, they were sent to find the plane, mm-hmm. and as part of this, they suffered from radiation burns while he joined a mutiny against his commanding officers, what he says. But, like, we find out a little bit more detail about that. And then even more detail in the next episode. Yeah. So I want to tip this off. So Millie Wise first mentioned this to me uh, in anticipation of watching Piper Maru. She was basically like, oh, I'm so glad, excited you're watching Piper Maru because Michael Buble is <laughs> yes. in the show. Yes. Completely uncredited. Yeah. So I knew about this and it was something that I remembered and, like, people talked about or whatever. But, like, he's such a little baby in this. <laughs> yeah. I'm not surprised. I'm under the sea. <laughs> Yeah, I guess he was doing some, like, uh, extra work. I mean, we just hadn't met him yet. He is Canadian, right, when they were filming in Vancouver. Yes. But it's just, it's so, I wouldn't say it takes me out of it, but it's so wild. Every time they did the group shots, I'm like, it's Michael Buble. Yeah, and he looks exactly this. Like, he doesn't, like, he looks young, but he looks yeah, like it, he looks like Michael Buble. Sometimes you see, like, extras in stuff, and you don't even know it's them because they've aged or they right. look much different. But, like... He, you're like, yep, that's him. That's yep, Michael that Bublé. Michael Bublé. I wonder if he was like keeping the other sailors entertained with crooning. He was probably there. like talking about the cool hip uh, album he's going to release soon. Well, this was in the fifties though, right? Because this was like height of the Rat Pack, so maybe, maybe he was a he crooner. Could take yeah, influence from that. Maybe, yeah, so, doubtful, but maybe. Though, as you said, basically, like the captain is refusing to have them leave, even though people are starting to go postal. Yeah, because what happens on this ship is that somebody again encounters the black oil and becomes crazy and starts um burning all the people right exactly and one guy like sort of goes postal with a gun yeah and basically johansson's like f this he essentially stages a so mutiny. he's the he's the xi he's the, the xo the xo he's gossip the girl xo xo gossip girl he's the second in command First mate, if you yes, will. Yes, exactly. So he's the one who has to, and everyone's coming to him, right, being like, you got it. captain's like, insane. The captain's not well right now. And so Johansson finally does it. He locks the captain away, not only with the guy holding the gun, but some of these infected sailors, mm-hmm. poor Michael Buble. Poor Michael Buble. <laughs> yeah. 
So, uh, so that's all we see of this at, at this point. At this point, we're going to get to it in the next episode. But let's let's hop on a plane and go to Hong Kong here. Yeah, with uh, Geraldine. Is this I, at least this is the first time in the episodes that we've seen? I believe that they go to to Asia, right? Because they didn't end up going to Japan in the whole Nisei Seven Thirty One stuff. They were just referring to to Japanese. Yeah, doctors. they didn't go to Japan. Um, yeah, I don't think we've been to Asia yet. So basically, he detains. Geraldine, right? There's there's some rat-a-tat back and forth, right? Where she says, I'm a middleman, Mr. Mulder, part of my gender. Yeah, right? she's so annoying. I find her to be just like a little too into the um, uh, noir yeah, acting style. Like, like self-serious yeah. and like very rat <laughs> I imagine her to be wearing like a little fedora that's like covering her half of her face and she's just like, you'll find out about that at a later date. But that date is now because Mulder essentially arrests Geraldine basically mm-hmm. being like, oh, well, you're committing treason right now, so you're going to take me to who's selling you the stuff right now. Exactly. So they do, and it's freaking Grycheck. Yep, he's in there and he's been selling the contents of the digital tape. The MJ documents rear their head mm-hmm. once more, which again, another, like, this is the sequel to the beginning of season three, uh, which is interesting. I was stunned because uh, I don't believe the credits put his name in there. So like oh, this crime check appearance was a complete surprise to me. We remember at the end of the whole paperclip stuff, he they tried to kill him. Yeah, and he's like, Red and he's like, guy. I'm out. Yeah, but they, but he was able to escape and he ran away, and so now he's sort of like a free agent. Um, and so right now yeah. he's living in the underground, essentially getting by by selling these classified documents, mm-hmm, selling these classified documents on the black market. Yeah, and he is. Also a little unhinged, right? He's like screaming. He's uh, mm-hmm. very intense at the moment. He is really a far cry from like the pretty solid FLB and a little boring partner that Mulder had in the beginning. <laughs> well, of he was playing two. a part there for sure. He wasn't actually that. Yeah, but, but that's super scary though, right? That like he can very. Yeah, he's easily- a sociopath. Exactly. He's crazy. He can very easily slip into that. He's he's the type of guy that is um, always going to be on the coattails of whoever's winning. So, right. and that's what, like, he'll, he'll be, like, he would be totally on board with Nazism if he, if he was a German, you know, like, he'd yeah. be the type of guy that's just like, yep, that sounds, they're the ones that They'll are doing wherever it. the wind blows. Exactly. Um, but, um, I think, uh, Krychek is, they're going to have a little bit of a tussle. Right. For us, a second, but then Krychek's going to escape while Geraldine. Bye-bye. Gets gunned down, uh, by, I guess, people that were looking for Krychek, I can imagine. Yes. Yeah, they were. There are people that I guess were because again, he's sort of uh, he's public enemy number one by multiple sides here. Yeah, exactly. Um, so bored by them. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I think what is not so boring is at the end of this, like as these goons are, are about to try to get Mulder. Here comes Mrs. Gautier. Yes, Joan. <laughs> who comes in? What's her name? Joan. Joan. Joan Gautier. That's like a fashion designer. They're French. Uh, but she comes in and essentially like radiates them all. Yeah. So basically all the ones, the people that were, I guess there are people after Crycheck mm-hmm. trying to stop him from doing all this shenanigans. It's probably a cigarette smoking man and his goons. But um, they, she comes down the hall and she basically a flash causes them all to suffer the radiation burn. Similar to what happened with um, what the, that and that invisible with guy. Max. Yeah, exactly. The, the Max, invisible yeah. one. Uh, I know Spencer also had a note about how, like, the the sentient goo here, I think, earned a lot of rave reviews from people because it wasn't, like, your typical gray-skinned, big-eyed alien that we had seen in the X-Files proper. This is, like, something completely different, but still within the same umbrella. Yeah, and still scary. Yeah, exactly. But, uh, so all, you know, Mulder's gonna lose his, his tail there. 
essentially. But mm-hmm. we have some intrigue as Skinner, I guess, returns to yeah, the Yeah, returning diner. to the same restaurant. <laughs> and he's, he's trying to be a good bystander. He uh, he overhears someone who turns out to be Luis Cardinal arguing with the waitress. Yeah, right, just being, being a total dick. Being like, oh, well, the payphone was broken and I, I, I want my money back. I want my money back. And so Skinner's like, oh, I'll just leave the lady alone. And he gets shot. Yeah, he just turned the guy turns around and shoots him. Just now, point blank. I, I expected that he would survive, but still like, he gets shot. Skinner gets shot. That's he, ridiculous. He gets shot in the tum-tum. Yeah, he gets shot in the tum-tum. I like how the waitress is like, oh, I'll call 911 for a second. I'm like, oh, it's out of order. <laughs> oh, no, the ultimate and, irony. And I was like, I'm sure they have another uh, phone. Yeah, I would imagine there's like an internal phone. I would, yes. They don't use the pay. Like, hey, call this diner at the pay yeah, phone. Yeah, no, not how it works. So Mulder is going to, though, find Crycheck at the airport? Yeah, so I guess, did they ever leave? I guess they went somewhere in Hong Kong, and now Mulder's like... I guess Mulder caught Crycheck, because Crycheck got away, but yeah. I guess he knew that Crycheck was going to be on the run, so he caught him at the airport. Yeah, Mulder's got to go home anyway. So. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> oh, happy fancy seeing you here. By yeah. the way, let's talk about the fact that you so have this like, tape that I want. Yeah, so he handcuffs him, and like uh, Crycheck is like trying to basically say anything to get Mulder to let him go. Yeah, and so basically... Typical uh, Crycheck's and so nonsense. So Crycheck's even like, uh, oh, I don't have the tape, it's back in a locker mm-hmm. in D.C., and Mulder's like, okay, fine, we'll go there together. Yeah, we're going to go Crycheck's together. like, oh, I got to take a big pee-pee because uh, yes. I got I got caught before I could go to the bathroom. But as he goes into the bathroom, here comes Mrs. Gautier, walks right past Mulder mm-hmm. into the bathroom. Well, because Mulder doesn't know what she looks like. He never met her. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She just walks by, but she she makes a beeline for the incorrect bathroom, yes. I suppose. And now Crycheck walks out with the oil in his eyes. Yeah, it's so creepy. I told Mike that I was going to um, get some contacts and just wake up in the morning with black eyes and see what he says. Well, I, was it wake up or was it going to be go to like just... No, no, like I'll wake up early, put the contacts in, lay back down, and then wait for you to awaken. That's a lot of effort. I'm up before you anyway. That's true. <laughs> right? you, could, you could put the effort in. I, I could. We were trying to over-under how long it would take for me to figure out. We, we landed somewhere between 15 minutes and like two weeks. Yeah, if I had to keep them in for two weeks, so that would be problematic. <laughs> All right, well, let's watch the first episode from our eyes, as it were. We've got a whole entire episode to talk about Angela as Apocrypha finishes everything up. But for now, we're going to take a quick break to hear a word from our sponsors. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of The Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play The Godfather now at ChompaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of the Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play the Godfather, now at chumpacasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply.
All right, we are back. Angela has taken a bite of bread. I did. Took a bite of bread. You didn't think I'd call you out on it? I didn't. I thought we were going to take a break and I could eat my bread. No, that's take a bread, not take a break. Oh, well. It's all right. I'll do, I'll do some talking as you <laughs> chew through here. Because we've got a really big scene to chew on to open up this episode, right? We open in this Navy hospital. I think it's, what, August 19th, 1953. Happy negative 36th birthday to <laughs> happy me happy and negative that is your birthday <laughs> negative 36th birthday to you <laughs> so we find out uh one of the final i mean johansson this scene okay so wait pause this scene reminded me of the scene in godzilla okay when the, they go the gojira yes. <laughs> when they find out like, the old man yeah there's basically like men in black who yeah, come to see are, that of course, guy uh, speaking about the inimitable 98 Godzilla film featuring Matthew Broderick. And it's actually a, ver- a favorite of mine. Azaria. Very great movie. Uh, <laughs> Classic ma- film. Might have to add that one to the list as well. Maybe we can talk about it on a uh, post-show recaps theater. Yeah, exactly. Where Godzilla gives birth in Madison Square Garden. <laughs> Love it. <laughs> uh, so, and uh, Matthew Broderick's the Nick Katsopoulos, the worm guy. Yeah. yeah. Um, but anyway, it reminded me of that because there's this guy in a in a hospital bed surrounded yeah. by three sort of men in black. Basically, because because he is. So Johansson is technically like the last survivor, but this is like one of the last irradiated survivors mm-hmm. of the Zeus, whatever the name Zeus is. Zeus Weber. Sure. Uh, but basically, that he, basically, they go to him for his story, right? And we get yes. sort of like a previously on here with the black and white sequence. We mm-hmm. see again. Oh yeah, Michael Bublé got locked away with us, and uh, the the kooky captain. Yeah, they were, and so this guy was one of the guys who was locked in with them, right? And we see sort of some new footage here, right, mm-hmm. where the captain gets knocked out. And we see visceral black oil drip out of him and down the drain. Yes. And so, but they, prior to that, they had all been, um, like, radiated and burnt. Right. Um, and so the oil's gone, though. So that's how yeah. they're able to, to like, leave and get back. <laughs> exactly. They're able to survive. But at yeah. this point, he begs them, these guys in suits, like, please. You like, have there's to something the, down there. Like, you have to reveal the truth. The people must know. And... Turns out that the guy he is grabbing the lapels of is a young Bill Scully. Bill Mulder. Bill Mulder. Yeah, you've lost your shit. You're like, oh, I love these flashbacks. And especially when we pan around to the left and there's some other rando there. But it's a young mm-hmm. baby face cigarette smoking man. There's a whole episode with these guys. And we're going to oh, watch that's it. interesting. Yeah, it's great. Oh, it's that's a, a fun a entire flashback episode. Yeah. So you, you talked about this uh, offline. I'm still, We're still not sure if it's true or not that they took. The actor who played the cigarette smoking yeah, voice. And, it like, sounds like it him. I don't remember. We'll have to look I, it up. I thought the actor is just a really good impressionist. Maybe, but it, it does sound like him. So Spencer, as you mentioned, sort of alludes to the fact that this is just the beginning of this stuff. He says, the cold open presents a new storytelling device that gets utilized with greater frequency in future mythology-related episodes. They are great because the viewer gets to have contextualization of events through the lens of truth or how they really transpired while also getting additional characterization to older and or deceased characters such as the Smoky Man and Mulder's father when they were younger. Viewers get to see key events and interactions that shaped and motivated these older characters and ultimately led them down the path to become the present-day people who viewers know them to be. And yeah, I, I think it's a fun thing where yeah. sometimes we'll get a flashback in the black and white variety, but I like these cold opens that'll sort of serve to say... Well, we can't take time in the middle of the episode to flash back to young Mulder and Cigarette Smoking Man. Yeah, but the syndicate has become such a huge portion and, and, like, influential aspect of not only these episodes, but ones we watched previously and ones in the future. So it is good to get that context in the context of this episode. So it's like we're talking about this boat, but also 
here are these guys. Yeah, and it's yet another sequel to the beginning of season three in that that was the arc that we found out that yes. Bill Mulder... Was it tied into all of that? Exactly. So again, it's, it's a really... In his State Department role. Really fun follow-up. Uh, Scully goes to the hospital. I'm surprised at this point she's not on like a first-name basis with these doctors considering how in and out she seems to be of these, of these places. And I guess like the secretary for Skinner called her because she's a doctor? Like, I'm not sure she's why... She's a medical doctor. She's a medical doctor, but like it, it does seem a little weird that I, I guess maybe... Like, he has other agents that report into him. <laughs> no, nope, But for some nope, reason, it's just, like... It's just and doesn't and he have, like, a... Is she his emergency contact? Yeah, this really is, like, the Save by the Bell problem, <laughs> yeah. right? Of, like, oh, it's always these six... Yeah, that seem there's to be nobody else. But, like, wouldn't they call somebody? Like, I, I guess we'll, you would have found out in a future episode that maybe he doesn't have an emergency contact because his life is, like, Yeah, like you said, bummer. apparently, like, super hangdog bachelor lifestyle. Yeah. But, I mean, I guess they called the right emergency contact because Scully yes. is super protective of him. She's like, post up guards immediately. Yeah, she's a very sassy to these other agents. Yeah, like, these other agents are like, we don't know what's going on. She's like, I know what's going on. You need to have him protected they're yesterday. Just, they're just trying to, like, live their life as FBI agents. Like, probably solving, like, run-of-the-mill murders. Probably just, like, not, like, dealing with, like, hackers. Like, <laughs> it's the 90s. I guess, yeah, the hackers are at large. We saw that with yeah. uh, old Sawyer, who got killed. Uh-huh. <laughs> we'll see Sawyer's friends uh, later on here. Meanwhile, Mulder and Krychek have touched down stateside. They're driving off, but they are being pursued. Yeah, they, and they're, they get forced off the road by these run two guys. off that road. So, do we think are these these are cigarette smoking men guys? Right, these are the same guys I think that were trying to find him in Hong Kong. Yes, like, okay. So whether they're the cigarette smoking men or the or the syndicate, I think or they are. Whoever, right? Yeah, they the cigarette are. Cigarette smoking men is and Luis Cardinal are going to like. Basically, well, and I think the cigarette smoking man is trying to like tie up his loose ends. Yeah, because remember, he said, Oh, yeah, I've got the tape. Mm-hmm. Don't worry, it's taken mm-hmm. care of. And he's like, oh, So oh. all this time he's been trying to find the tape and cry check. <laughs> yeah, so it just so happens that he this showed up when Mulder showed up. Yeah. Plus, I think when they run him off the road, the cigarette smoking man is, is there. Or, no, he's oh not. no, he's there when they get the bodies. Back. Yeah, then when they when they go to the missile silo yeah. later on. But no, no, and also like so, the guys that run him off the road here are attacked by Crycheck and his goo. Right, exactly. And then cigarette smoking the men are attacked by goo. And then the, those bodies are brought to a doctor who calls him, and he's just like, "No, get rid of them." Yeah, so th- we we immediately <laughs> cut to that right after yes. the bright bright lights. We have cigarette smoking man and this doctor uh, basically being like. Oh, God, Jesus Christ, what the <laughs> hell are these people? Uh, and the yeah. smoking man's like, oh, well, destroy the bodies. And he's like, uh, sir, they're not they're not dead yet. But he says, well, that's the prognosis you made, though, is that they're basically they're they're in. They're dead. They're going to die. A, whack them with a frying pan. Yeah, they're going to die by like malignant cancer. So interesting little tidbit here from uh, Arthur Pendragon or whatever the CSI guy's name is. Pendrel. I was close. Ugh. God, <laughs> but he he goes to his crush Scully and basically figures out that the DNA he got off of Skinner from the guy who shot him mm-hmm. was similar DNA that they picked up off. Well, of so Melissa. he doesn't he doesn't figure that out, but he gives her the DNA. Right, and she matches. She it up. matches it up. He's not that smart. <laughs> Maybe he is. He's just very helpful. He just has he has a all the passion in his heart. Yes, to do whatever. He's to very make very Scully helpful. happy. We're going to get a syndicate meeting here, Angela. Mm-hmm. It's been the first time in, in quite a while since we've seen this. Love a good parlor room syndicate meeting. Well, it's interesting because it really does seem, and I, and I know Spencer wrote into us about this, that essentially, like, it seems to be the consensus that, except for the cigarette smoky man, the syndicate members are sort of like, playing nice with Mulder and Scully. Yes. Like, okay, you're our belligerent allies because it makes things much worse if you were off the table. So you have, like, remember Dapper Dan helped yeah. save Scully's life. 
Uh, you had, you know, uh, the 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 leader uh, be the one to talk with Scully instead. Well, because of remember, these guys are the guys that are trying to prevent an alien invasion, and mm-hmm. if they can't prevent an alien invasion, they're going to work on a way to save themselves. And so, like Scully and Mulder finding out the truth, sure, they don't want that to happen, but they also don't want them there out there on their own rogue because it'll it could blow up the truth right that's what um that's what sort of the uh deep throat stuff was yeah. in season one right of like oh he's much let me give you that. snippets here and there and but also you're like, under we, have, my we control. have to keep Mulder employed because better that than have him released onto the world yeah but i guess we're also getting a dynamic that i think we felt in the beginning of season three but is outright confirmed of like cigarette smoky man sort of like out of sight out of mind and that you sort of have yeah the, you have the new york crew of the syndicate mm-hmm. and he is quite a literal outsider who has gone rogue yeah our man in washington is yeah. what they call him exactly so i guess are there not other sort of people representing chapters of this there you- probably are oh, okay I was gonna but say. washington is the most important because of like government they're and all just that. so new york centric they're like we don't even think of outside of the tri-state area maybe not so skinner is now I'm going to say up and about. He's awake uh, after the yes. surgery, and he basically confirms with Scully, okay, uh, you know, the guy who shot me was the guy who accosted uh, me with Crycheck in the stairwell. Who stole the tape. Exactly. And so and so this sort of confirms Scully's theory, right, that this is the yeah. person behind the Melissa stuff. And Skinner's going to say, like, don't lose your head. Yeah. Uh, don't overreact. And she's like, too late, bucko. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so... Mulder flies the diving suit back to DC. Yeah, he has it just casually in his office. Yeah, which I just added to like the pile of random things in the basement here. Because, well, he also found out, I guess, off screen mm-hmm. that basically this suit and basically every other location they've been to over the course of last episode, they found this thin yeah. film of oil from 50 years ago. Yeah, so he basically had, he has like a little sample of it and a little little jar Mm -hmm. and he had it tested it's just regular oil but it's from 50 years ago right i guess they felt because this specific oil got irradiated in a certain way from the aliens and now it's a medium yeah exactly it's a medium it can it can no uh, not that dead people not that kind of medium Uh, okay like an art medium like instead of long island medium it's like three mile island medium no it's like (laughs) when you paint with oil paint you need to use a medium right like egg egg yeah that's what they used to use oh right i'm thinking about the beginning of uh, home, home for, for the, the holidays, holidays. <laughs> such a dumb reference we watch but that yes. movie every year that's why <laughs> but yes um yeah so that kind of medium so it transfers one thing to another yeah so Mulder is surprisingly correct here right mm-hmm. like uh even a broken clock is right twice a day with cockamamie theories and Mulder is completely correct here right of how oh Crycheck probably got infected by this the symbiote and that's uh, why he had to destroy the tape and Scully's like, "What are you on?" Of course, that's not the case. Yeah, but I think this is where we get um, a really great ice skating rink scene. Yeah, Fitzy wanted to ask us uh, what our take is on ice skating, whether we're good ice skaters or not. I'm a great ice skater. We went ice skating uh, two or three. <laughs> not years to toot my own horn, but I played roller hockey as a kid and I played ice hockey, so I know how to ice skate. What but was your position defense. Nice. No. I don't know. I don't know what the comparable position of that is in the Mighty Duck. So you're you're a good ice skater. I'm an okay ice skater, but I'm not. I'm not like a figure skater. Uh, you were okay. You were fine. I think it was fine. It's you just it took like it, you had to warm up. 
Yeah, it's it's one of those things like riding a bike where like initially you're like, I don't remember how to do this. And then that muscle memory sort of comes back. Also, it's like it's really fun for like five minutes. And yeah. then you're like, can we leave? No, we did pay eight dollars yeah, yeah. for between, this. <laughs> between the cold, between your feet hurting, because obviously the shoes are not necessarily made for you. Yeah, but we paid eight dollars to rent them. So we're going to stay here yeah, for at least a half hour. I uh, I also sort of, I wouldn't say have a fear of ice skating, but at least like falling. Uh, uh, I would say maybe uh, an intolerance toward it because I did take a trip to the ice skating rink with my fourth grade class and a kid did get his finger ran over by an ice skate. Did it get chopped off? No, it didn't oh, get God, chopped off. Oh, God, that's uh, gross. But it was, it was a pretty deep cut and not a fun way to end the field trip. No, not at all. So that's one of those, like, I can, like once in a lifetime, you would see it happen. But, like, every time I step on there, right, the idea runs through my head of, oh, my God, what if this could actually happen? Yeah, but it don't. But it, And it doesn't happen here either, as we get a really fun sequence that the lone gunman are yeah, you were like what's happening here and it's like you'll say it's yeah, kind of a long sequence the, the lone gunman all sort of uh they're they're being doing their special secret spy missions here where they're tipping each other off they're basically going to the locker that Crycheck mentioned yes to, but to they're making the sure that nobody's watching them do it which is interesting because i thought at first they were trying to scope up because there's like people whispering right I well they, they were- are scoping it out and they're trying to basically like the first one goes and then he tells the next one and then they tell the third one who's Frohiki to go they're like okay go the only one name i don't you know. remember there's garth and there's Frohiki, and then there's like the normal one yeah and then there's the normal one <laughs> um but yeah so basically they end up um getting whatever package is in the uh is in the um the locker the locker well do they though because the tape is gone john byers melvin Frohiki, and richard langley langley and byers which, which one's Langley? Langley is the uh, Langley one. Okay, so Langley is lanky. That's a good yeah. way to remember it. And Byers is the um, the one in the suits. Uh, oh, oh, okay. I, I thought Byers was the lanky, the lanky one. Oh, no. Okay, the Langley one. Langley has the long blonde hair. Okay, Lang Longley has the long blonde hair. <laughs> I quit. <laughs> Byers kind of looks like a stretched out Tom Green. That's how I remember. It. He does look like that, With, like the goatee yeah. and the and the the shaggy hair. I don't know. I couldn't remember their names. They say them a lot. Um, but yeah, I just like Frohicky. I think that's so. The a fun tape name. is gone, uh, and we find out that Crycheck was able to get to it first. Yep. Uh, and we find out that Crycheck gives it to the cigarette smoking man, who has basically Luis Cardinal sort of like guarding him at this point. Yeah, and I guess he gives it to him in exchange for the location of the UFO. Yeah, essentially, like because obviously. This black goo, much like E.T., wants, wants, to, UFO. wants <laughs> to phone home. Yeah, exactly. Like, he wants to find where it came from and has been deprived of that for 50 years since it's been found. And do you think that the Smoking Man knew that wasn't him? That wasn't Crycheck? I don't think so. Like, I yeah. feel like that is... Or maybe as, he did because he think he flashed his eyes. As much as I... Oh, yeah, you know what? He does at the end of that sequence, mm-hmm. right? Unless maybe he just wasn't looking at the time. Maybe, but he does flash his little uh, black eyes. Because I would imagine that the Cigarette Smoking Man obviously knows a lot, but I would not imagine that he's, like, in on, mm-hmm. oh, yeah, there's this thing at the bottom of the sea that can jump from person to person maybe yeah but the but smoky man's gonna play cool here he's gonna get called by the syndicate being mm-hmm. like uh, i don't know if you know this but skinner got shot by a guy who sounds a lot like the person who yeah killed melissa scully he's like oh that's interesting never heard about that <laughs> yeah and he's just like oh i don't know what you're talking about bye <laughs> meanwhile Mulder's gonna meet with the lone gunman here i gotta say i am i can see why the lone gunman get a spinoff yeah, they're, they're fun. Because they're fun, but there can certainly be some fun gravitas to them And I as do well. think we'll watch an episode about, I think we'll watch the episode about their origin story. Oh, because it's like sort of like the backdoor pilot. Yeah. 
Um, but also Mulder does a fun little thing that you do on every field trip. You take yeah. a pencil and you make a rubbing. Yeah, you do the, you do the etchings where, uh, he sees the indentations in the, in the envelope. And so while the lone gunman bands are about like all the FBI technology uh-huh. that could be used, he just uses a plain old fourth grade method uh, at the memorial, yep. a pencil to just shade it in and get a phone number, which is the phone number for the syndicate. Yeah. Well, the phone number for the well manicured man. Right. So I think that. He, um, like, maybe they meet at his house, I guess, maybe? No, I think, yeah, well, I, no, they meet, oh, so, like, the line is to his house, is that what you're saying? Well, yeah, because that, that was just the well-manicured man that was there. Unless it was to the syndicate office, and, like, Dapper Dan was the only one that was there. Maybe. Um, but either way, an assistant picks up, and he's like, no, go away. Yeah, but he's like, oh, wait a minute, uh, tell him I'll meet him. And then also burn this phone. <laughs> yeah, and also throw this phone in the dumpster. <laughs> so they're gonna, they're gonna meet here. Um, yeah. Scully had her time to meet with Dapper Dan, now Mulder does, and Dapper mm-hmm. Dan comes right out and says that a UFO was pulled off the bottom of the sea, a so-called Foo Fighter. hmm What, so is that what that, is that what Foo Fighter means? Am I dumb? What does Foo Fighter mean? I do believe it's a, um, like a, like a, type of plane used in war okay so it's not just dave grohl appears out of the ufo well definitely not that um (laughs) no i believe he was still in nirvana at this point no yeah like foo fighters are um i don't know i'm trying to look it up over yeah and and then it's all and then all you get are the freaking foo fighter band yeah foo maybe we put foo fighter perhaps the term foo fighter yeah, was used by Allied aircraft pilots during World War II to describe various UFOs or mysterious aerial phenomenon seen in the skies over both years. Okay, so they called it a Foo Fighter, and it was like a, a mysterious craft. But it was mm-hmm. talked. It was the way they talked about during World War II. Well, I will say that I think uh, the Foo Fighter and mm-hmm. what the Black Hood inside certainly brings out the best of you. Oh my God. <laughs> Get out. And hopefully this spaceship will learn to fly. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah Mulder finds out about all of this yes. uh, but basically you know the before Dapper Dan can give too much information he's like okay I gave you this where's Crycheck and Mulder's like I don't know <laughs> yeah Mulder's like I, I lost him I'm sorry and so he's like alright never mind and then Mulder basically wa- and Mulder doesn't realize that he doesn't know where he is either and so he walks off yeah um, he also tells Mulder that like anybody could be an alien. Right. And Mulder's like, gotta get to Scully. Yeah, and Mulder's like, oh, that's all my confirmation. Well, Scully, meanwhile, has another person to get to because we sort of skipped over this. She finds out about Luis Cardinal, uh, the research on him. So she goes to Skinner, who's been discharged to another hospital, and is able to, like, make it on the ambulance mm-hmm. in time to stop Luis Cardinal from breaking from in. From killing him. Yeah. And then so she's able to, like, then she tracks him down, and instead of killing him, which she wants to, you can tell, she just arrests him. Yeah, but she goes aggro. Did you kill my sister? Yeah, she's screaming at him. Like, this is the first time I think Mm -hmm. we've really seen Jillian Anderson raise her voice in that regard. Yeah, she goes nuts. And it just shows how emotionally impassioned she is. And we'll Mm -hmm. talk about this later on, that she was, like, seeking revenge. And it's clear that this is what fueled her not necessarily finding out the quote-unquote truth. Yeah, she really just wanted to catch this guy and get him because he killed her sister. So he does get caught, and in the process, he does sell out Krychek, right? Cardinal's yeah. the one who's like, I didn't kill him. He's I like, you want Krychek? You want Alex Krychek? Yeah, I mean, listen, uh, for those that have seen the Falcon and the Winter Soldier episode four, this could have merely mirrored that ending, but instead, Scully does allow it to be arrested as the yes. police pull in. Meanwhile, Mulder's going to go to New York mm-hmm. to get info about the rental car that he was in with Krychek. Scully's going to call Mulder 
and say, okay, apparently Crycheck went to an abandoned missile facility in North Dakota. I just realized something. Maybe he's not in New York. Maybe he's in the car rental place uh, in Washington after coming back I from New York. I thought he said he was in New York. Oh, after, I'm coming back from New York. Because basically what happened here was... <laughs> Mike and I had to flip out this. This was a legitimate moment where we had to pause it and, like, freaked out. Because Mulder tells Scully, meet me at the airport in an hour. And we're like... You're in New York, dude. He's like, you can't get to airport. Now I'm realizing that he's at the car rental place in Washington going through the car that he rented coming back from New York. Gotcha. So he was saying New York more sort of referred to like, this is where the car came from. Yes. And I'm in New York right like now. Like my trip to New York. Because I was going to say magical, uh-huh. magical teleport. I feel really here. smart right now. Good job. <laughs> all that, all that bread. Anyway, they have good. to meet at the, they have to meet at the airport because they got to go to North Dakota. They're often, I mean, they're doing so much globe trotting. So here. much globe trotting. We thought that the train stuff was. Oftentimes was- the agents will get in trouble for their expense reports <laughs> because they just, um, and I always like that because I'm always just like, it's a nice little like reality check that you can't just like go everywhere. Yeah, Mulder, you can't just go to Hong Kong on, and like, try a to expense that. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So they're going to North Dakota here after the timeline yes. completely works out to find the sal- what the salvage UFO is like hidden in this abandoned missile right. facility. Yeah, because that's what Luis Cardinal tells him is that they're in abandoned the abandoned missile silos from World War II. Basically, we're supposed to all have been filled in with concrete. Yeah, these have not been. Yeah, no, they are. Empty and fancy free. So Mulder and Scully are going to break in, even though it's they've mm-hmm. very clearly been broken in before. We see a bit of Crychek's work here, right? We find some like irradiated goons who are obviously Yeah, they know this is the silo yeah, to go into. They were obviously outfitted to guard this UFO and just got dispatched. But before they can proceed further, here comes the cigarette smoking man's team mm-hmm. to take him away. Yeah, super bummer. Yeah, exactly. They were so close to finding that UFO. They were really, like, they were, they walked by the door to it, yeah, I believe. That they were red about door. to go in. Yeah, and so, basically, you know, they are understandably angry about it, but they are turned away from the truth right now. Yeah. All Super right. bummer. Well, let's get to this one scene. Which was disgusting. This is probably, uh, Brendan Fitzpatrick pointed this out, that, like, as much as we talk about pretty graphic stuff on the show, this might be the most, like... Visceral. Yeah, gut-wrenching thing it we've was so far. Anyway, Crycheck is on top of the UFO. We see that mm-hmm. the UFO is there. And the black goo, he's, like, retching. And I think it must be the way the actor's doing it. He's basically dry heaving. Yeah. But black goo is pouring out of all of the orifices of his exactly. face. Exactly. Like, all right, if there's a hole in this body, I'm going to come out of it. Coming out of his ears, his eyes, his nose, his mouth. It's disgusting. I feel absolutely terrible for the actor. This is one of those moments where you're like, thank God I'm not an actor. Because if you approach me on this day, I'm like, all right, you're going to come in and you're going to, like, <laughs> yeah. pretend to vomit while we pour goo from your eyes and mouth. I'm like, I don't even know how you do uh, this. Can I have a stunt double come in yeah. and do this? <laughs> Because it just, it looks like it hurts. It's disgusting. It really it looks like it hurts. Yeah, it probably did. But yeah, and it's also very graphic as well because it shows like this was the goo's entire mission. Yeah. It's like, all right, I'm here now. Okay, bye. Like, bye, Uber ride and just force itself out of his body. And so, yeah, so now the alien, we assume some or sort of alien consciousness is inside the UFO. Yeah, I'm surprised he did not pilot the UFO to take off. Well, I don't think they want to show you that. Do you think that the UFO did take off? I don't know. I, no, I'm assuming not because of the way the no. episode ends. I don't want to say. All right. So <laughs> after the break, um, we all take a second to be like, oh, my God, what the hell was that? So Skinner's back on his feet. Yes. 
Uh, he meets with Mulder. Mulder thanks him for basically being like, thank you for putting yourself on the line for Scully. And Skinner's like, this is not my, uh, my not my crusade, but Yeah, I'm a, I'll, listen, I'll take the compliment. Uh, didn't really mean that for that to happen. I was just eating <laughs> Did not dinner. want to get shot. <laughs> I just wanted to help this poor waitress. But Mulder's going to visit Scully at Melissa's grave, and they're going to talk a bit more about Johansson's words, right? Yeah. This idea of, of the dead talking as your conscience. It certainly plays in with Scully in these two episodes, right? You can certainly believe that she felt Melissa's voice in her head when she yeah. felt it was the right thing to do to, to get revenge for her, essentially. Well, uh, to get revenge, but the right way, to yeah, get justice. Though, to be fair, she says no punishment is ever enough, right? Yeah. It's, it's this idea we well, see all the time in pop culture of, like, you can get revenge against someone who did something to wrong you, but, like, does that help satisfy Well, that's why she's saying. Feel? She's saying that, like, she was going on this mission to to get revenge, to get justice, but she got it and she doesn't feel like it helped. Exactly. That's the thing is, as you know, you think seeking revenge will cure everything. It'll be a panacea, but then it just, it doesn't make the hurt go away. And unfortunately there will no be no justice because they staged Luis Cardinal's uh, suicide and he is dead. Luis Cardinal didn't kill himself. Uh, yes, he is dead. They pretty much figure out, right, that, like, oh, yeah, he was going to leak stuff sooner rather than later. He already was to Scully, yeah, so, exactly. like, let's, we can He's, kill him real quick. And they don't need him anymore, so. Yeah, so R.I.P. Luis Cardinal. We found out so much about him. And so Scully muses, saying, maybe we bury the dead alive, and we end in a pretty disturbing ending. Not disturbing yeah. in the way of, like oh my god, he's puking black, but disturbing in the way of, like, a Twilight Zone anxiety-inducing ironic ending. Yeah, so... Um, so, because Cry- Crycheck, yeah, is I was just like, gonna say, I was, what's his name, Crycheck? Yeah, you just you want to. <laughs> well, so once the once the goo comes out of somebody, they're back to being normal, right? So Crycheck is just normal Crycheck, which is not exactly a normal person. But he's stuck inside of a missile silo, right? And now all like you assume that everyone's been cleared out mm-hmm. due to his own doing. So like he's essentially trapped in there. I'm gonna assume he's gonna get out. Yeah, probably. Uh, yeah, but that's another reason why I'm assuming that the UFO didn't fly out because you think it'd leave like a big hole in the wall that Crycheck could have just ran out of. Yeah, I don't think it cares about him anymore, though. <laughs> yeah, so that's the thing as well. He should have just knocked on the window, like, "Hey, can you let me in? Yeah, I'll be your best friend, Mister Alien. Remember all the good times that we had, all the people we killed." And then it's like very much that we bury uh, people alive. <laughs> yeah, exactly. We are literally this is like the uh, the expose. Yeah, exactly, exactly of uh, the X Files. <laughs> Here we are, Piper Maru and Apocrypha. Again, it, it's interesting in that it was a really fun sequel to the beginning of season three, not necessarily to what we had just experienced. So I can understand Spencer talks a little bit about how, you know, I think people were a little, while they enjoyed them, they were a little miffed at the time because they're like, okay, where's the follow-up to whether or not alien abductions are real? This happens a lot. Does it? <laughs> yeah. I'll say that, I mean, I'm not, I'm not going to say it's something that like happens all the time, but they do this a lot where they have, um, basically an arc episode, another arc episode. And especially in these first couple of seasons, you think it's going to be about the alien human hybrids. And then you think it's going to be about this. And I think, it's, you know, so it ends up being something that's just like, they add on a lot. Yeah, It really is like, okay, we're figuring out sort of the hub mm-hmm. of this car, but then we keep adding like another feature onto it to the mythology car. Right. Of, right. Okay. You think, you know, about the alien autopsies, but now here's this whole thing with this other type of alien that you need to consider. Exactly. And I mean, you said outright, this is going to be a bit of a spoiler for what's to come, but the black goo has not reared its head the, for the last time. No, right? it has definitely not um, in future episodes. And then I think also in the movie, which we will be watching. Woohoo! <laughs> yeah, we have more to come with the black goo. We may bury our dead alive, but we are certainly not burying the black goo alive anytime soon. Yeah. So, Angela, 
here we are. This is our final full week in season three. Next week, we wrap it all up mm-hmm. with the season three finale, season three, episode four, 24, Talitha Kumi? Yeah. I don't know. Again, I feel like I'm just getting an episode every week that I'm going to have trouble pronouncing. Yeah, you are. Uh, and then we're going to do sort of what we usually talk about with like, because these are usually two-part episodes with the season finale and then the premiere of the next season. We're going to do Talitha Kumi and then the season four premiere, Heron Vuk. Exactly. Um, and so that'll be fun. That'll be fun. Is there anything you can tell us about what we're to expect from the end of season three? Honestly, I don't remember. Okay. <laughs> this will be an experience for all of us. Then. Yeah. And we're going to, you know, I, season three is a great season. We're skipping a few things that I, I would love for you to watch. We just don't have the time. Yeah. I mean, we spent a good chunk of time. We, we like did. We added on, on we added on the Piper Maru arc, we, which we, I, we had to, but that kind of made us take out some of the more fun episodes that i enjoy for character development like mm. the one about skinner or you know there's a few other ones but it's fine it's fine we move on and you know what we're moving on we're moving on i i've really loved season three so far it's just been like absolutely it's off great the wall it really hits so its many stride. different ways so i'm excited to see where it all ends but we're gonna keep going with season four because i hear also that season four is another oh like, yeah uh, peak season of the X-Files. i have a really hard time picking up we might even need to add a few more in from season four We'll say. Well, we've got weeks to come here on the Bloom Files, and we hope you all join us as well. Of course, you can always send us feedback if you want to, like the great Spencer and Fitzy have, the real constants of the Bloom Files. You can email us, bloomfiles at postshowrecaps.com, xfiles at postshowrecaps.com. You can tweet us at a Mike Bloom type, at Ange Pelagi, at postshowrecaps. You can let us know your thoughts on the Piper Maru duology what you thought about season three, what you hope to see in season four. Uh, I can't believe we're going to be like a third of the way, theoretically, through the regular run of the X-Files by yeah. next week. It's crazy. It's been, a, it's, 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 I know, time really flies. It's been, you know, three months since we've done this. But I'm so excited because yeah. there's some cool episodes coming up, too. Well, I'm excited to cool down with, uh, or probably heat up because it's, it's going to be a season <laughs> right. finale. So there's going to be a lot of stuff going on with Action Pack, Talitha Kumi and uh, Heron Volk next week apologies again for butchering those two titles but we'll talk to you all next week thank you all so much for listening we'll be back next week to wrap up season three and begin season four special thanks to Corey b for his uh his theme song oh spook of the week oh yeah i guess um, should it just be like the black goo um either that or Crycheck. Ooh, yeah maybe it's a dual one for Crycheck. But only when he has black no, goo. You know what? It should be cry check in the first episode and then cry check with the black goo from the second <laughs> cool. episode. So it's two cry checks, but like we include the black goo in there. Uh, so we shall see many more spooks to come in next week and weeks ahead as well. Thank you all so much for listening. Until next week, case closed. Bye. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car, before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.